name is Sherry Wilson, and I'm here to fill your ears with the best business content I can give you while you work out, commute, clean your house. Anything to help you work your biz like a boss. Hi, welcome to this week's episode, and our topic today is something every business has business owner, I should say, has had to deal with, and that's customer complaints. And if you've not had to deal with a complaint yet, don't worry, I'm sure it's coming. Complaints and bills are just part of being a business owner. But I learned something recently from a LinkedIn learning video that I never thought about. I can't remember who it was because I watch a lot of online training, but he said there are two types of complaints, invalid and valid. Bam. I felt like I'd been hit between the eyes. What do you mean there's two types of complaints? Now, of course, we know there are two types of complaints. We've all heard invalid complaints about stuff that either didn't happen so people can get off paying their bill or maybe they're just jerks and want to complain because that's their idea of fun. So yeah, I knew those things were there and probably could have come up with the idea that there are two types of complaints. But when he said it out loud, I don't know, it just kind of hit me. You know, I'm sure you've all had those moments where it's like, oh yeah, that's what that is. So unless you're perfect, we've also all had those valid complaints where maybe we dropped the ball or we missed a deadline or we made a mistake. But that's not what struck me as the revelation. What struck me was that the inspector said that the first step in dealing with complaints is to determine whether it's valid or invalid. Because how you handle the complaint starts with identifying what type it is. So after I heard that, I looked back at times in my business and also reviewed some of my uh, own clients' uh, Google reviews, etc. And I realized it's not always that easy to discern whether it's valid or invalid. So I'm going to give you two examples I used in a recent training that I developed on this idea. So tell me if this is a valid or invalid complaint. We bought a new car and paid the insurance payment of our old car as well so it could be removed and then we could pay for the only card we, car we had, which was the new. We went in the next month to pay our insurance to be told we had to pay for the old car again, which we don't even have. All because it was up to us to say to have it removed, which we did our first visit with new car. Overall, we enjoyed going through this company, but we had to switch because this and also the attitude given by the woman helping us. We are now going through Geico, which also got us a better rate. So what do you think? I'll wait. Okay, so I'm sure you can agree that this one is valid. Let me point out why. Number one, the statement. Overall, we enjoyed going through this company but had to switch. Tells me that this is not a vindictive complaint. This person did enjoy doing business with this company until this problem and the attitude of the woman. So a lack of communication, or maybe they didn't hear what was said, forced, and I put that in quotes, this customer to go elsewhere. Number two, the story seems valid. Why was it up to them to say to have the old car removed when they did say that when they went to get the new car insured? Now, of course, this is just their side. We don't have the other. But this is their perspective, and if correct, it's definitely valid. Now, here's another example. Tell me what you think. I rented the conference room this size to have room for all of my guests, but not as many showed up. Also, I didn't use all of the hours I rented, but was still charged the same amount. 
I'll never use this place again. Okay, so this actually happened to me. I, uh, among other things, manage an event venue. I've been doing this since 2012. And you may think, well, that seems pretty valid. I mean, if they didn't have enough guests and they didn't use, you know, the room, the entire amount, then why not give them a discount or uh, refund their money for the hours not used? Well, here's why. When a guest books my venue, I always tell them to choose how many hours they need carefully because they will not get a refund for any unused hours for this reason. It's impossible impossible for me to book the room, even on such short notice. So let's say they uh, rent four hours, they only use it three. I cannot rent the room to cover that one hour that's lost. Us entrepreneurs wear many hats, but there are some hats that we don't want to wear and we don't want to know how to wear. And that's where Fiverr comes in. Fiverr puts the whole world of freelance talent at your fingertips for all kinds of things that we need done, like logo design, writing and translation, digital marketing, video and animation, music and audio, programming and tech, web design, and more. They even have lifestyle freelancers to help you with personal style relationship coaching, health and fitness, and so much more. I recently used them to type the transcript of a video for me and was amazed at how fast and professional my freelancer was. You'll find high quality services at every price point. There's no hourly rates, just project-based pricing, and your payments are protected. Go to sherrylovesfiverr.com and get started. That's Sherry with an I and Fiverr with two R's. So just because they got done early doesn't mean that I am obligated to pay them for the hour they didn't use because that hour was an hour I could not rent out. And on top of that, I have nothing to do with how many people show up. Sometimes the lines aren't clear on whether valid or invalid. And the motive behind the complaint is a huge clue. So typically on invalid complaints, they want something for free or a huge discount. Um, That's the example in the conference room. Uh, And that's what they wanted. And I wouldn't give it to them. But a valid uh, complaint will want to uh, a problem or concern acknowledged and addressed. Now, their perception of what happened and even the concern might not be correct, but that doesn't matter as much as you validating them as a valuable customer that deserves a listening ear and communication to address the issue. So here are five steps in responding to valid uh, complaints. Number one, apologize. Number two, listen to understand. Number three, explain how you will handle or fix the situation. Number four, communicate how you will follow up. And most importantly, on number five, follow up. So one of the worst things for your customer is to try to express a problem with you and you're not actually hearing what they say. I'm sure all of us have been on a call where we're trying to deal with an issue or whatever it is. And the person on the other line, or maybe it's in a store, they listen and then they give you a script or they tell you something which makes it obvious they didn't hear what you actually said. Now, one thing that I teach my clients is you need to look beyond the external problem and go into the internal problem because if you solve their internal problems well, you will have a little, uh, an even more loyal customer than before. So the external problem is what they're telling you about. 
The internal problem is typically the emotions. It's the frustration, the inconvenience, feeling unimportant or worry. It's those things that are the underlying current that can actually take a complaint from zero to 60 quick. So solve that internal problem. Assure them, we're going to take care of this. You know, we're, we're going to get you fixed up. And even if you can't fix it, still letting them know you're going to do your best in, in having that nice attitude and friendliness will go a long way. And finally, you need to treat follow-up as sacred. I mean, put a date or time in your calendar to follow up if you need to. Not doing so is a clear message that you do not value your customer and it's another nail in the coffin. Now, how do you respond to invalid complaints? Well, you treat them, number one, as if valid, meaning you listen. Number two, you redirect and reframe, meaning that you can agree, but then you reframe it and direct them maybe to another company. Number three, review the customer's history and start recording it for the future for your own records. And number four, don't give away free stuff. So you always want to listen unless they're being abusive and unreasonable. Kick them out if that's the case. But let's say someone uh, eats at a higher higher end restaurant, they eat the entire meal, and then they complain about the prices because they want a free meal or deep discount. Well, the redirect and reframe is something like, yes, our meal prices are more expensive due to the expertise required for our entrees. However, so-and-so's has great food and prices that might fit within your budget. So there you're like, yeah, we agree, but obviously we're not the restaurant for you. So here's another one where you can go. Now, I see business owners do this all the time. They will give away stuff just to get the complaining client or customer out of their hair. Now this is, or that maybe they just feel bad, even if it wasn't their fault. This is a big temptation because we want this person in his invalid complaint to just walk out the door. But the entire motive behind it is to get something for free. So giving away free stuff actually perpetuates the problem and they're going to do it in other businesses. So in September of 2020, we refinanced our house and there were several things that could have been avoided through better communication that caused quite a bit of frustration and irritation. It was enough to warrant a conversation with the supervisor. The supervisor was great. She listened, asked questions, and she promised to pass on her experience to others in management to try to help it not happen to others. But she did say, there's probably not much I can do in one area, but I will do my best. And I was fine with that. She was great. A couple weeks later, I get a card in the mail with a $25 gift card as a thank you for sharing. Now, I was stunned. I've never received a thank you, much less a gift for telling someone all the mistakes they made. So an unexpected thank you card, letter, gift, or phone call after to thank them again can go a long way. And where I had decided to never use that company again, I will gladly do more business with them just because of that unexpected surprise. It is time for some real talk. Does your brand feel like it's a bunch of puzzle pieces that you've tried to make fit? When you look at it, does it clearly and beautifully and professionally communicate who you are and your brand's message? If not, I've got something that might help you. I created a brand personality quiz a few months ago. What? You, you didn't know about it? Well, this quiz takes maybe five minutes and it will show you which of the 12 brand personalities you are. And I have to say, you're welcome. So after you take the quiz, use the helpful information and the tips you get to flesh out your brand in a more cohesive way in all of your digital and printed material. Let me make it plain. 
If you get your brand right, you will make more money. And your brand personality is what makes you irresistible. It helps you find your tribe and your tribe find you. So go to SherryAnnWilson.com forward slash brand dash quiz and get started. I hope today's podcast gave you some actionable wisdom that you can do immediately for your business. I've got a lot more free training on my website at SherryAnnWilson.com. Sherry with an I and with an E. But before you go, please leave a kind review of this podcast. It's like giving me a hug in podcast world. Work Your Biz Like a Boss is a Mr. Joseph production. What do you think, Joseph?